This series that I'm beginning tonight is called More. Would you say that with me, More? And tonight, the title is Life, a Spirit, the Spirit Life. And so uh, just pray with me as we go into this. Father, I just pray no matter if I'm loud or quiet or shout or spit or whisper, what I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, is that you have your way in this place right now. Right now in this place. Father, in every one of our hearts, we come with great expectation. You're moved by faith. And Father, we just raise the level of faith in our heart right now that you want to touch every one of us. You want to speak to every one of us tonight through your word. Father, so we say, have your way. Holy Spirit, move in this place now. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> and everyone said. Amen. And Ari, I believe that we need uh, to know more. Will you say that word with me again? More that we need to know more about, that we need to understand more about. We need to study more. We need to teach more. We need to uh, experience more is the life of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we need more of Him and less of us. Amen. Let me say that again. More of Him and less of us. Amen. Let me say that one more time. More of, some, some of you ain't even listening, more of him and less of us. That's John the Baptist right there. More of him and less of us. More of his spirit, more of his power, more of his love, more truth, more sacrifice, more of his comfort, more of his counseling, more of his fruit, more of his earth-shaking witnessing through our lives. More. Definition of, of more is a great amount uh, or degree of something, and I'm talking about that of the Spirit. My hope during this series that, is that there will be a hunger for, you, you, you're going to get it tonight, that there would be a hunger for, there would be a desire for. I think God wants to do something in the area of more is that we'd be open to more. We would have a strong passion for more. There's an old saying that I've used many times. I'm going to say it again tonight. Word alone, we dry up. Spirit alone, we blow up. Word and spirit, we grow up. Say that with me. Word alone, we dry up. Spirit alone, we Love. word and spirit, we I want to talk to you about that because we need more word and we need more spirit. Why would you say spirit? How many of you know that God is spirit? <laughs> God is no man. God is spirit. The Bible says, John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. It seems that some people lean one or the other, word, 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 or spirit, 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 spirit. I think we need to have a, a beautiful, true balance between the two, and we need more of both. How many of you can believe with me during this series that God has more for you? God has more for you. There's not a person in this room that has everything that God uh, has for them. God has more for you. Some of you, 
You know, you've just been kind of like sailing, take me away. You need more. I need more. God has more. I'm not talking about nothing that's not been done at the cross. Everything that I speak of was done at the cross. But we haven't received all that God did at the cross. And there's more for me and you. I love to hang around campfires. How many of you uh, do that? You, you just, I just, I, mean, I can look into a campfire for hours. Especially if you've been hunting in the rain or something like that. And I can just gaze into the camp, just crack, crack, crackle and, you know, watch the fire, the warmth. And this is how the campfire begins. Usually I try to get dry wood. Will you say that with me, dry wood? You try to, it's not always available, you know, if you've been hunting in the rain, but you try to get dry wood. And then usually there's rocks. Jamie went camping with me this year. Seth went hunting with me and got this cool little place. There's rocks and usually I have to go repair the rocks. If you don't already have the, the rocks, you got to set the rocks up so the fire doesn't go all over the place. Keep it safe. And then you go and gather those dry sticks and you put them in the rocks and the dry sticks and, and uh, you need something more than dry sticks in the rock. You need the fire. You need the fire. And I want to talk to you a bit of what I would consider the fire. The fire in each one of our lives. If you'll turn with me to Ezekiel 37. I felt like the Lord just began to open up this chapter to me uh, after Christmas and in the last couple of weeks. Ezekiel 37, if you'll turn there, I know you have your Bible. I know you have your Bible, um, unless you have it memorized. <laughs> fix, that, fix that man's skull right there. Ezekiel is brought up by the Spirit. Ezekiel was brought up by the Spirit to a valley. And the valley was a valley full of dry bones. And God had a question for Ezekiel when he brought him up to look at this valley full of dry bones. I want you to stand up with me. And we're going to read this question together. Ezekiel 37, 3. On three, can we read this together? One, two, three. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Ask your neighbor right now. Do you have any dry bones? Ask another neighbor. Ask another neighbor, do you have any dry areas? Ask one more neighbor. Ask one more neighbor, can those bones live? You can be seated. If you think about a valley of dry bones, I would have to assume that it represents something, somebody 
that used to be alive. My question to you tonight, very serious question, real question, is your bones dry tonight? Some of you may have dry areas in your life, dry areas of relationships, maybe something to do with mental illness, dry spots, some, somebody's oppressed, maybe you're dealing with areas of your soul and, and including your mind and your emotions, the dryness of PTSD, anxiety, depression, manic, obsessions, all these different things. Do you have dry areas? Do you have dry areas that you've given up on? You're just like, this is how it's going to be. Dry areas in your relationship, your family, your marriage, maybe dry areas in your finances, maybe dry areas in your health that you're just like, I guess this is just how it's going to, this is my lot in life. Dry areas, your dry passion, dry purpose, you're just flat out dry. No feelings, kind of detached, disconnected. Can this ever change? Can these bones live? Oh Lord, you know. Glad my little skeleton's on the stage because I want to talk to you about him tonight as we dive into this beginning of the series. Verse 4, verse 4 says this. Again, he said to me, prophesy. That word prophesy means to prophesy or to speak. Love what Connor was saying. Love, you know, hey, I'm just going to speak this word out. I was like, man, prophesy. Prophesy, speak, prophesy to these bones. We say that with me, bones. And say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. First of all, listen to this. The first prophecy that we're dealing with tonight was a prophecy to dry bones. I just want to make a distinction. The first prophecy was to speak to dry bones. And say this, bones, hear. Okay, what is he to hear? Hear what? The word of the Lord. Okay, hear what? The word of the Lord. Why is that so important? Because if you've been in church any amount of time, you've heard preachers and me and city groups, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. Hear bones, hear the word. I'm going to speak tonight, and I believe that I'm going to speak and prophesy to some bones even in this room, and they're going to hear, and things are going to change in your life. I just believe that by the power of God's word. Hear the word of the Lord. I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. I believe that faith is going to rise in your heart tonight. Why is this so important? Because it's important that we hear the word of the Lord so we know what we believe. Do you understand that? If you don't believe in healing, then you're not going to see a lot of healing. But if you believe in healing, 
according to the word of God, I believe that healing is for you and I, and I believe you're going to see it. If you believe that the word says that you're going to have a terrible life all your life, then that, the Bible says your faith be it unto you. Are you following me? You could easily have a terrible jacked up life the rest of your life. Thank God that's not what the Bible says. He has a, a word. He has a plan for you. He has a good life for you. He wants to, to bless you. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for the lack of what? God wants you to know the word of God so you can believe the right way. You can believe the wrong way. You can believe a jacked up way and you can have, because you believe wrong, you can have, I believe, dry areas in your life. Everyone say bones. You can have bony area in your life if you believe wrong. And uh, I think God wants to straighten out our beliefs this year. I hope that you will hear this year. Hear this year. I hope that you hear today. There is a new more for you in 2017. I'd never heard of a new more. But I felt like the Lord put that in my heart, that he has a new more for me. He has a new more for you. Three people. He has a new more for you. You, you. I hope you get a hold of what I'm trying to say tonight. Because if you don't have believe you have a new more, then guess what? You don't have a new more. Are you feeling me? Are you hearing the, hear the word of the Lord? Are you feeling me? I believe you have a new more. I think God has a new more for you. Uh, we, we do the sound at the beginning of the year because we want to hear what God has to say for us for that year and direction. We even do the sound before we do the budgeting and all kinds of things. We want to hear from the Lord. We want to set aside time to seek the face of God. Fast and come together and ask and knock and bring in prophets. And God, we want to hear from you. And I believe that we're going to hear. And I believe that God's going to straighten out past. And I believe that he has a new more for you and I. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel 37, 7 and 8. So I prophesied as I was commanded. I think this would look maybe pretty silly, Ezekiel prophesying over bones, but he prophesied as he was commanded, and there was noise. Will you say that with me, noise? There was a noise. I prophesied, get your skull back on. Okay, I'm teasing. He needs, some, he needs some skin. But there was, there was a noise. Say that with me, a noise. It goes on to say, he prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, I looked and sinews and flesh came upon them and skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. I want you to notice something. 
Ezekiel prophesied, first of all, the first prophecy is to bones, and a noise happened, a, a rattling took place, okay? Then skin came on the bones, skin and tenons and sinew and skin, you know, all of a sudden. So it goes from this to something like this, a really scary skeleton to a very handsome, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But just, it goes, let me show you something. How many of you know that we need more than just some noise and more than just rattling? We, we need more than just some religious rattling. We need more than noise in this day and time. Uh, I've said this before. There's not a person in this room that's not a dirtbag. We're dirtbags. That's how we all began. But then God breathes inside that dirt bag and something beautiful takes place. Okay? So something's taken place with this prophecy. And I begin to think about this being here and even this being here because this person right here, it has no breath in it yet. Just go with me, okay? So there's a scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 5. It says, having a form of godliness but denying its power. That reminds me of having some religion and having some noise and some rattling, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. We don't need religious rattling. We need what I would call a dunamis or dynamis power to take place in each one of our lives. And that's where we get the word dynamite. A very, a, a, we need a power happening in each one of our lives. And I can hear, really, if these bones could speak. Let's just say that I was Ezekiel and we were over this valley and he prophesied and these bones did come together and all of a sudden they were rattling, they were making noise and Ezekiel saw something so powerful and profound. Skin came upon it and seen news and so forth and so on. But still... There was no breath in them. It's like I could hear something in the spirit. You know what I heard? I, this is what I heard. This say, and then this say. More. 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 I believe this is for some of you. More. More. God, there has to be more. I believe there's more for you and more for me. And I can hear in the spirit more. And then there was a second prophecy that was not to the bones. The second prophecy was to the breath. First prophecy went to the bones, and something took place, sinews, ligaments. And then there was a second prophecy, and it was to the breath. It says this in verses 9 and 10. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. That word is ruah. It's like a wind. 
It's a spirit, the spirit of God, the wind of God. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up, and their feet, and they, they became, an, look what they, and it says, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. I want you to notice something. Don't get ahead of me. First, I want you to know that God works through a man, Ezekiel. Look at me. God wants to work through you. You need to hear me. God blesses you, but he wants to bless through you. Why would God, God could have easily prophesied to the bones. He could have spoke to the bones. He could have spoke to his own breath because that's what he, he told Ezekiel to do. Pretty much prophesy to me because he's spirit. God could have done all that, but God wanted to use Ezekiel. God wants to use you in this day and time. That's for free. You need to know that. But he prophesied to the spirit of God. God, he prophesied to God who is spirit. And that spirit blew and, and the breath came and they stood and they lived. The more came. The more came. I want to say this tonight. There is, a, a, there is an Ezekiel generation on the rise. There is an Ezekiel generation on the rise who has been slain because of darkness, who's been slain because of the demonic, who's laid dormant, covered in lies, covered in deception, covered in depression, defected by the devil, dry bones. But the word of God comes today to call them to live and to stand up. They are more than bones rattling, more than making noise, more there is a generation out there that I believe that God is working on, that God is moving on, that deep inside, and there, there's some in this room right here tonight, that you are saying more. There is more. It's by the Spirit. There is more, Lord. I want more, Lord. I want more of your Spirit, more of your power, more of your love. I want more. I don't want just a noise. I don't want a religious rattling. I want more of you. The breath the Spirit of God comes into them, comes into you to raise you to life. The Spirit of God comes into us and begins to transform us from the inside out into what? Listen, into a great, exceedingly great army. God wants to raise up an exceedingly great army in this day and time. It went from this to this, and then the, the breath came into this, and he become alive. Stood up, alive, an exceedingly great army. Come on, can you do a dance move? See, that's alive. 
Would you mind leaving him out? I might, I might need to you. We got to fix his skull for tomorrow. Can you put your hands together for Topher, exceedingly great army? For KYMS, I have a skull and I have a, well, a skeleton with a skull that's kind of fallen off. And I want to thank Charter for letting us use that. But I want you to think about the valley of Ezekiel, the dry bones, the spirit. And then I want you to think about Acts 2 for just a minute. Acts 2, God told 120 people to wait upon the promise. What was the promise? The promise was the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing. I don't want to go into it tonight. You should just read Acts 2. But it's just beautiful how the Spirit, what did it do? It blew into that room where they were waiting. It blew into the room. Like, like Ezekiel prophesied to the four corners and the breath blew upon those bones. Those 120, the Spirit blew into them and there was those tongues of fire that rested upon them, and all of a sudden, these 120 who were believers, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was great manifestations that happened in them. They spoke in tongues. They could hear. They could speak language that they had never learned, and people could understand it. I mean, it was absolutely supernatural, all because of the Spirit blowing into them. And this was the beginning of the church. And look what takes place right after the Spirit blows into these 120. Listen, thousands of people immediately got born again. Yeah. Immediately. Why? Because they wasn't just bones anymore. God revived them. There was the, the outpouring of his spirit upon them. We need the outpouring of the spirit like never before. Not just doing our religious duties and rattling and noise and bones, but the Holy Spirit filling us. So God wants to bring a revival in this day and time, but it's going to come through a people. A people who wants more. A people who's not settling for just status quo and how it's always been, but a people who's longing for more of the Holy Spirit to be vessels of his spirit, who's going to hunger for his gifts. And God wants to do that in this day and time. You know, it went from Ruah in, 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 in Acts 2, it's called Numa, where the spirit, the breath blew, blasted in them. And all of a sudden, there was no more denying the power of the Holy Spirit. Thousands of people were saved. The church started. And then all of a sudden, throughout history, what happened? It dried up. It's a good point. And I go, it's not going to be dried up in heart of the city church. We're not going to be bones. We want more. God's going to answer our prayer. He's going to answer your prayer. There's more for you and I. Ezekiel 37, 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, oh, our dry, listen to this. They indeed say, our bones are dry. 
our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. And it was like, when I read that, I went, wow. Many in this generation right now, even folks sitting in this room right now, you've said something like that. You've said, my, 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 my life is dry. My, my bones are dry. My, my, my prayer life is dry. My word life is dry. I just feel dry. Or you've said, my hope is lost. I've lost hope. Or you've said, Man, I've been cut off. I've been cut off from my earthly family. I feel like I've been cut off from God. I've been cut off from my work or what have you. I want to let you know that if you feel dry, hopeless, and cut off, this is what's lacking. The spirit. The breath. For some reason, we think that the Holy Spirit outpouring is for maybe like one time in our life. It's like, okay. We get saved, we get water baptized, and then maybe baptized in the Holy Spirit. And maybe, man, I want to let you know the Holy Spirit wants to constantly fill you. I pray for a transformation in your thinking that is somehow a one time deal, or I got the whole package when I was born again, and that's all I'll ever get. I want to let you know that's just not Bible. It's just not Bible. The Holy Spirit is alive and well, and he wants to do something fresh and new in your life. He wants you to ongoing be filled with him. The Spirit of the living God, the breath of God, there's no lack in him. He wants to fill you. Listen to the third prophecy, Ezekiel 37, 12. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God. This is the third part. First prophecy was to bones. The second one was to breath. And look at the third prophecy. Thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. You're not going to just stay bones. You're not just going to stay bones and even breath. Man, God wants to bring, he wants a, listen to me, just like he spoke to Lazarus. Lazarus, arise. I could just hear it in the spirit. James, arise. Michael, arise. Judy, arise. Rhonda, arise. God wants to breathe a new breath inside of your life to bring you a resurrection power. Will you say that with me? Resurrection power. Come on. It's not just prophesying to the bones. It's not just, come on, being filled with the spirit, even though that's beautiful. He wants you to walk in resurrection power. Let me tell you how powerful that is. Who do you think raised Jesus from the dead? The spirit did. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same what? Spirit. Spirit. He's in you and would quicken your mortal body. This is, a, this is a powerful thing that I talk about in 2017. That he has way more for us. And it's so easy to just, we're going to do what we normally do, do our jobs, family, be nice, kind people, all beautiful things, but I'm telling you, this is the year for more. God has a new more for you and I. Victory, in, in, the, 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 the number 2017, that number 17, 
uh, Radine turned me on to this beautiful prophecy. That 17 means full victory. God wants you to operate in full victory. Areas of your life that's been stubborn and strongholds and you haven't been able to change yourself. You think that you fill yourself up? You don't fill yourself up. God fills you. You can't change yourself, really. He wants to do something by his Holy Spirit. But, we, but he responds to hunger. He responds to passion and desire. He responds to faith. Come on. You may say, well, J.O., you, you know, I'm, I'm and this, this is fine. You say, I'm great just where I am. I'm, I'm good right where I'm at. If that's you, so be it. Because you're still needed in a huge way. When Lazarus came out of the grave, guess what he still had on him? He had grave clothes. The Spirit of God raised Lazarus from the dead, and Lazarus still had grave clothes on. What did Jesus tell them to do that was around Lazarus? Take him. Loose him! Let him go. There's a generation, this Ezekiel generation that I speak of, they're walking around, they come to know Jesus Christ, and I still, I, I believe that many of them still have grave clothes on, still stuck in addiction, still stuck in pain, still su- stuck in anxiety and all kind of emotional baggage, and, all, and God wants those who are healthy and healed and mature to be there to take those grave clothes off of these ones that God is raising up. Loose them and let them go. Why do we need the Holy Spirit so bad? God didn't raise us to be a bunch of dirtbags. He didn't raise us to stay this way. He didn't even raise us to stay that way. God wants the church to be this exceedingly great army. And our... I want, to sh- I want to close with this tonight. It's not just that we're dirt bags, and I don't mean that in a, I, I kind of milk that a little bit, but honestly, that's what we are without the Spirit of God. Um, but we're mostly made up of three kinds of people in this room. And I want to talk to you. Most, everyone say mostly. mostly. Not everyone, but mostly. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 28. Why is it so important that in this day and time, we hunger for a move of the Holy Spirit? Hunger. There can be a problem with someone that's been in the church for 40 years, just stuck in a rut. Anybody ever been stuck in a rut before in your car? Just stuck in it. It's hard to get out of that rut. God wants to bust you out of that rut. He wants to do more in your life. Will you say that with me, more? more? How many of you in 2017 can believe with me that God wants to do more in our lives? Your, your faith be it unto you. I just got to be honest with you. If you're like, ah, J.L., I'm just going to stay bones. <laughs> then you probably will. Honestly, I can't help you. I'm not God. I can. God, what really releases God is our faith. 1 Corinthians 1 26 through 28, it says this For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according, I want you to look at three different peoples, 
For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many mo- no- noble are called, but God has chosen. Everyone say that with me, chosen. chosen. God's chosen pretty much three kinds of people. Look at it. This is why we so much need the spirit of the living God. <laughs> Look, it says this. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put the shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put the shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to be nothing, the things to bring to nothing, the things that are. The first thing that God chooses, look around. I want you to look around this room right now. Just go ahead and look around. Everyone say the foolish. foolish. I'm not calling anyone a fool in here. I'm just saying that God chooses the foolish. I'm a fool for Jesus. I'm going to tell you that right now. He uses and chooses foolish. Everyone say the weak. Look around. Look around. Weak. Look around. Look despised. Why does he do that? Why does he choose the Gideons? Because he gets the glory. If you're all wise and mighty and you got everything perfectly in line and complete, where does he get the glory? J.O., we look like the bad news bears. You're right. Because that's who he chooses. And God, he takes those bad news bears, the foolish and um, the despised and the weak. How many of you know that God doesn't call, he doesn't equip, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the call. God doesn't select the perfect, he perfects the select. God doesn't choose those God, God chooses those who are bruised. And how many know that God likes a limp? He likes a limp. I, 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 I really get nervous around people that don't have a limp. I don't trust them. I, I just don't. How many know that God will take the flawed? How many know that God will take a drunk Noah? How many of you know that God will use a, a, a lusty Samson? How many of you know that God will use a manipulating person like David? He uses these different people. Um, first of all, he chooses the foolish. Will you say that with me, the foolish? First Corinthians 4.10. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. What is a foolish? Foolish in the Greek means this. It's pretty interesting. Dull or stupid. Wow, Jail, you're really encouraged me tonight. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Heedless blockhead. The, straight Greek. I'm just telling you what the Greek says. In college, I had a friend, and I don't know if he was really my friend, but a friend, and he used to call me Bafflehead. And um, you know what God will do? God will take a fool, and he will save him. He'll baptize him in water, and he'll baptize him in the Holy Spirit. 
And then all of a sudden, God will change their life, transform them from the inside out. That's what he's done in my life, and that's what he'll do. He'll take a baffle head, and God will use them. How many of you know that? 1 Corinthians 3.18, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that they may become wise. The game changer in my testimony was this. I was absolutely born again in 1986, December the 7th. Two weeks later, I was baptized in water. But then two years later, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That was a game changer for me. It was like I went from this to this to, and you know what? I don't have everything. You know, if you around me, you'll find out real quick that I stumble and fall and I sin and I make mistakes and I don't have it all together. But I'm sure not who I used to be 27 years, 30 years ago. But the game, I want you to, I want you to hear it very clearly. Hear it very clearly. The game changer for me, of course, was being born again. But being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, J.O., didn't you get the Holy Spirit whenever you got saved? Yeah, I was born of the Spirit. But there is a difference between being born of the Spirit and baptized into the Spirit. Just like there is a difference being born again and baptized in water. Is there not a difference? Okay, you didn't get baptism in water when you got born again, right? Did anybody just all of a sudden get wet when they were born again? No, you got baptized and you got born again, baptized in water, a lot of people. And then there was a baptism. The, John spoke of Jesus saying, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Wow. It's a game changer. So we need this in our life. I think a lot of people, is, is Ron Stice still here or did he leave? Ron told me a story. It was a beautiful story. It's like a dam. Anybody ever been around one of those really big dams that they're a power dam? I don't know really how they work, but the power's not really. There's the, pow, there's the dam and the water, but you know what? Until they open that door and the water passes through there that it generates the electric and the power. And that's kind of like what took place with me when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's a word in Spanish, and I think it's beautiful. Listen to this word in Spanish. Palanca. Palanca. Spanish to pull a lever and to release power. God wants to pull a lever and release power in your life. I believe that with all my heart. Billy Graham said this. Everywhere I go, I find God's people lack something. Really? A, a child of God can lack something? They are hungry for something, Billy Graham. Their Christian's experience is not all that they expected, and they often have recurring defeat in their lives. Christians today are hungry for spiritual fulfillment. The most desperate need of the nation today is that men and women who profess Jesus to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That might be a more for you. Baptism of the, you know, it's like baptism of the Holy Spirit reminds me of something like you get saved, and man, what an amazing thing that takes place and baptized in water. What an amazing thing. 
but then you just go digging more in treasures. God has more treasures for you. It's kind of like the way that I can. So number, number two, everyone say weak. weak. How many know in the world weak is weak? In the world, weak is weak. But it's different whenever you get saved. God takes the weak vessel and he breathes his spirit into them and they become different. They become a different weak. A weak, listen, a weak that will wreck the world around them. Did you, did you hear that? God will take the weak, he'll breathe his spirit into them and they will be world changers. So weak in the world and weak in Christianity is totally different. Um, J.O., do you receive the Holy Spirit because you earn him? Do you receive the Holy Spirit because you're cute or because you're special? No. You receive the Holy Spirit because he loves you. You receive the Holy Spirit because you asked him. Listen, is it biblical? Oh, yeah. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Obviously, he's talking to believers. If you're talking to the Father and having a prayer life, you're talking. So obviously, there was something more. Ask of the Holy Spirit. The Father will give him to you. 1 Corinthians 9, 22, 23. To the weak I've become weak that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men that I might by means save some. Now this is I do for the gospel they sake that I may be partakers of it with you. 2 Corinthians 12, 10. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for the sake of Christ. For look here, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. God will use your weakness. He shows up and shows off on your behalf through your weakness. Everyone say despised. despised. He uses the despised. Think about who Jesus hangs out with. He hung out with tax collectors. Can somebody say despised? despised. Fishermen. He eats with a very short, rich, very rich tax collector named Zacchaeus changes his heart. The guy's heart is absolutely changed. Um, how about this one? He lets a prostitute kiss all over his feet. That's awkward, I think. Do you think it's awkward? She lays layers opens up her hair and scrubs her his feet with her hair and she's just you know crocodile tears just all over his feet and wow people around him are totally tripping out this is jesus the despised you know he had a reputation of eating with tax collectors and notorious sinners can somebody say despised Aren't you glad that he's okay with the despised? Aren't you glad that he goes after the weak? Aren't you glad that he uses the foolish? He buries them in water baptism 
And then he baptizes them in the Holy Spirit. And he'll use Gideons and he'll use Stephens. And he uses those who want more. I'm going to close with this scripture, pretty much close. <laughs> Ephesians 5.18. I don't think it's on my up there. If you have your Bible, turn to that. I want you to see Ephesians 5.18. Here's a question for you. Who do you think Paul's writing this to? Okay, he's writing it to the church. Will everyone say the church? church. Would you assume that church are believers? What church is he writing this to? The church of Ephesus. He's writing a letter to a church in a city called Ephesus. Are you following me? What, J.O., where are you going with that? And he says this. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dispatic. Yes. But it says this, listen, this is what I want you to read. But be filled with the Spirit. Did you hear that? Wait a minute, he's talking to the church. Aren't they already filled with the Spirit? Obviously, there was some that was not. Why would Paul say, don't be under this influence, be under this influence? He's talking to the church. They're believers, they're born again, and he says, hey, by the way, be filled with the Spirit. Are you hearing that? Yep. It's important that you see that, because I think Paul knew that it wasn't a one-time thing, but it's an ongoing thing that God wants the church to experience more, 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 Lord, more of your Holy Spirit. I need to be filled with you, God. I find that we're pretty leaky. We're crackpots and we leak. Plus dirtbags. Well, he's very encouraging tonight. But think about it. You go to something like a youth camp and it's like, well, change forever. What happened to Ricky? I haven't seen him. What happened to, to John? What happened? People are leaky. God wants you to be filled, filled with his spirit, more of him in this day and time. More, Lord.